Hello, and welcome to Ruta Cosmic Wisdom. I'm Amy. And I'm Alexis. We chat about astrology, archetypes, and spirituality, exploring how these and more can be woven into the day-to-day energy of life. So we'd like to invite you to settle into your body and join us. Hello, Alexis. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy three days after your birthday. How are you? I am great. It's been a great weekend and I'm very excited to dive into part two of the Zodiac. Fabulous. So am I. So to give everybody kind of a reference point, it is February 14th, Valentine's Day. We are coming up on a big, huge Leo full moon, which we want to invite everyone, if you want more details on that, to check out, um, become a Patreon member. We've got three different tiers. Um, and we really dove into the moon for the month of February. The link to that will be below in the show notes. Or check out our Aquarius season podcast, Rooted Cosmic Wisdom. It is episode 30 something. If I look really fast, I can find it because I should have had it already pulled up. It is episode 31, Aquarius season. Um, and today, We are doing, we're moving forward with our Astrology 101 series, and we're doing the Zodiac Part 2 today. So we are looking at the second six signs of the Zodiac um, from our perspective. Yes, we are. Yeah, so we covered Aries through Virgo in Part 1, so you can always go back, listen to Part 1. We also went a little bit into sun, moon, and rising and kind of the the foundation pieces to kind of pay attention to. So you can find that in the beginning of part one. And so today we'll be diving into Libra through Pisces. Yay. So uh, giddy up, huh? Yeah. I think think we can, yeah, dive into Libra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Libra Libra is the seventh sign of the zodiac yes yeah it's a seventh sign and it's when if you think about the first half of the zodiac um aries started with the self and it moved through kind of these personal um aspects and then you move to the second half of the zodiac and libra we begin to get into relationship and mirroring and other and so you move through um this second half, which can be kind of transpersonal or yeah, that kind of right bringing in the collective and other. So Libra starts us off. Libra is a cardinal air of that energy, right? So cardinal air is that initiatory, that beginning energy. And so Libra is our cardinal air. So there's definitely um, a leadership kind of energy being air and associated with the mental realm and intellect, it can definitely be thought leaders. And I tend to think of Libra as like the the activists and the, like there's that social justice, social justice kind of energy. And it doesn't have to be right, like political or it it can be that, but it can be anything with the collective. So that's that's a huge, you know, kind of scope. And when you feel into that, that can be a piece of Libra, kind of this, um, you know, you start getting into that relationship with others, which can be the collective and can be relationships too. So we'll dive into that 
Um, but yes, that cardinal air energy, its symbol is the scales. So balance and equality and fairness and harmony and all of that, um, which you can kind of feel that social justice piece in that, right? Like the law. Um, and Venus is the ruler, which makes sense because Venus is all about relationships. So Venus, if you are a Libra rising, Venus would be your chart ruler. Um, and you can kind of feel the flavor of Venus and Libra versus Venus as a ruler of Taurus. We talked about Taurus in part one, has that very sensual um, kind of being aware of all the senses of life. And this Libra Venus is the kind of relationship piece. So we can feel the differences between Venus ruling both of those. Those are her both, um, her home signs. Lovely, I love it. Um... I think a, an important thing to bring in about Libra is, with the scales is that Libra is really about seeking balance. I know I've heard for years before I was really like dove into astrology that Libra is about balance. Um, and if we're really moving with the flow of life, if we're present in our relationships, if we're present with ourselves, if we're present with the collective, we're working to seek balance because life is constantly shifting and changing. Um, and Libra does have this beautiful ability to, um, where Gemini can see both sides, Libra can almost, um, Libra initiates that cardinal energy of actually holding both sides, not just seeing it, but holding it and bringing it into reality. Like there's that Venus part, the, the sensuality of Venus and making it real. Um, a good question to look at with your Libra energy is what are your thoughts reflecting to you, right? Libra is air. And because it deals with seeking balance and relationships. It is the, um, who art thou kind of piece of the Zodiac. Um, what are your relationships reflecting to you, um, about where you can go? How can you, how can you come together in those relationships to help create balance? Are you in a relationship where there is balance being sought? Whether it's a work partnership, Alexis and I have a beautiful work partnership. We have a fabulous friendship um, or whether it's a romantic relationship or a one-on-one -on -one relationship with your child or your parent. This is the place of one-on-one -on -one relationships and how we come together to seek balance, to kind of lift the whole up, to lift the whole system to a higher place. Uh, uh, somebody recently commented on the podcast on how they really love it because I will go off on a tangent and Alexis has this great balance of being able to be like, and now we're going to be back on track. Amy's going to tangent and now we're going to be back on track. We have a balance. Um, I can't do the back on track. That's not my skill set. <laughs> and so this is a, this is a, uh, uh, an example of how she and I work in balance with each other. And it's fun 
And I know I can speak for me that it pushes my edges and it asks me to really own the things I'm good at and to be willing to turn over the things I'm not great at. Yeah, because relationships are the greatest teachers. And I think that's a big Libra, right? Lesson in that when we're trying to be in that, you know, being it all and being that kind of, you know, um, you know, having that controlling energy, the scale, they're going to be completely tipped one direction, right? So you have to find that balance, be able to release things, let things go, know that what your strengths are, like you said, um, and relationships really are the greatest teacher because they will mirror everything back to you, all the things you need to see. And so, yeah, that's huge Libra energy. Um, and also that idea of the scales, that the scales aren't always just like perfectly equal and like, yeah, we're good. Like once we find balance, like, yep, just smooth sailing. No, the, it's always, right, that like you said, seeking, finding balance, it's that tipping point. And I think one of the kind of, you know, shadow sides of Libra can be overthinking because they, they want it to be right. Like what is, what is the right thing? What is that fair thing to do? And trying to like be in perfect balance. And that's just not how it works. So there can be this indecisiveness, this overthinking with Libra sometimes. And again, once you can kind of understand that the tipping of the scale is part of the learning, right? Just like that mirroring of others, part of the learning that that's when you can kind of ride the ride of like, okay, yeah, we're, we're not going to always be in perfect balance, but I can see the different sides and I can, you know, um, not get too stuck on, oh my God, what is the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Um, cause that indecisiveness can definitely come with Libra of like, there's all these choices and like, you know, I want to do the right thing and I want to be in that balanced place. Um, so that's definitely learning, right? That learning piece with Libra. Um, cause we learn beautifully through relationships, through what, you know, others are teaching us. And um, yeah, even within ourselves, right? The balance within ourselves, like how we find that balance. Which brings me to, so Libra plugs into um, our, our kidneys, which help keep our acid and alkalinity in our body um, balanced, our, a balance of fluid and minerals. So even in the body, <clears throat> Libra shows up in, in an organ system that helps to maintain our balance. Um, and our kidneys are located, granted they're high on our low back, but so our low back is also a, a Libra place because as humans, we are upright creatures and the balance of tension and relaxation in our low back and our core area is what helps us to be upright and to function. If we don't have, if we're too tight, we just have pain. And if we're too loose, we, we can't be upright. So there's this balance piece that shows up through the body, like through this body piece of Libra. Um, and it shows up in our kidneys also. There's the, the um, fluid mineral balance that the kidneys help to create in what they eliminate. Drink a lot of water. I love that. Yeah, I love that. And then there's, there's two, right? Like um, you know, I feel like that's where that Libra piece comes in of like, um, that duality, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, like the relationship piece just keeps coming up as 
um, a big piece of it, right? And then like you said, it can be relationship with anything um, external to us. And I think that's a big teacher too of how we can, you know, get um, attached to the external things, right? Mm -hmm. As a source of love or, you know, acceptance or whatever it is. And so I think there's a definite piece with Libra of being able to see all sides of things, right? To say like, there's not a right way to do this. And there's not, um, it's not all like, there's not good or bad, right? There's, there's kind of that seeing even the struggles and the flaws and all of the things that don't seem so perfect, like acceptance of that and acceptance of the, like, I might go this way and it might not seem like, you know, um, the perfect way to go, but I'm going to go this, you know, um, side route <laughs> and take a side way. And that's okay. You know, cause I think there is, um, yeah, that idea that if it's not in perfect balance, like something's wrong. And so I think there's that kind of coming to like full acceptance of all the parts and all the things. And you think about in relationship, like that is a big part of whether it's relationship with ourself or relationship with other, it's like acceptance of all the parts. I guess that's where I was trying to get to. I'm like, where am I going here? But I, think I knew where you were going. I knew yeah, you'd get there. <laughs> that's part of it, um, of acceptance of all the parts. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and because we've been touching in on the shadow, some of the shadow of Libra is like moving to extremes of one way or the other, like not being in balance of going too far in one direction or the other. So there's, there's this ability to like go off the rails. Everybody can go off the rails. And I think Libra, because they can get so wound up in what is right, it can lead to things like codependency because I have to be a good person outside of me rather than being really aligned and balanced within myself. Um, there's also one of the shadows of Libra is a need to be needed. Um, and that plugs right into that codependency and right into if I'm a good enough person, then I get to keep my one-on-one -on -one relationships. And so there can be a loss of self in that. Um, and balance is like self and other, not just other, other, other. Um, so really being aware that that some of the, that some of the shadow pieces of, of Libra and how Libra can fall off the rails, just like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And there is generally a piece of, um, with Libra of, of loving to be in a relationship of, you know, enjoying relationship because that is such a, you know, a part of Libra. And there's that, like, what's opposite of Libra is Aries of needing to take time for self, right. To not just always give, and it could even be in work, right. Like when you think about like that, that activism energy of Libra, it could be wanting to just give to, it could be romantic relationship. It could be your work. It could be right. Like giving to other in some way and needing to remind yourself to like, come back to self, that Aries piece, right. Of self and that, um, because yeah, I think that can be a piece of Libra for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Libras are phenomenal diplomats. They're, they're wonderful at it. Their ability to recognize that there is a balance to be found 
and and their ability to want it to be fair and equal and a win-win makes them excellent diplomats. It, it increases their ability to move from a space of relativity to the whole. And that's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah, they have that beautiful way of being able to see, that, right? It's um, an air sign. So like being able to see things from the mind, from that intellect piece that um, really being able to see like from abroad, even um, other other people in relationship or other people in like, you know, being able to just see other people. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can, I can feel that quality in a lot of Libras I know of being able to see, like really being able to see people and see their gifts and see things about other people, right? And I think there is that piece of, um, you know, again, that coming back to that, what's opposite of Libra is Aries of coming back to self continually right like coming back to self because I think they are so good and so beautiful at being able to see other and you know um, have that relationship dynamic and so it's always taking it back to self and I think once you can do that like Libra is gold because it's like it can see other and it can see self it's like then you know amazing yeah that Um, reflection piece we spoke about like the the need to allow others to assist you in seeing self Come back to your Aries. Yeah, I love it. it. Any last pieces on Libra? Um, Um, there's some, uh, like we've been talking about, like the, the importance of allowing others to mirror for you. Yeah. So you're, you're going back to self and you're moving from that. Um, because, you know, codependency is such a piece of our social norm, at least in the United States, I can say that because that is where I live. And that is where I have lived my, you know, pretty much the majority of my life. Um, codependency is a big part of our social norm and a part of healing that is being able to move away from like, how do I do for you? How do I do for you? How do I do for you? And keeping in mind that what is soul aligned for one is soul aligned for all. And the only person you can decide what is soul aligned for is yourself. That is it. Um, you don't get to decide what lessons you're going to pick for anybody else or, or how anything else is going to move. So, yeah, I, I, I feel like that may be, you know, that, that I feel like that wraps up what I have to say about Libra. Yeah. Yeah. And that just brings up one last point for me of, um, you know, Libras do flourish in relationship. And mm-hmm. so there can be that piece of almost like the scales, right. Of being like that codependent, like, you know, too much almost attached to relationship. And then there can be the other side of it, right. If you feel into the scales, like the other side of that is, well, I'm just going to kind of like, you know, go within, just be on my own. And I feel like for Libras, and I mean, for all of us, but really for Libras, it's like, there's a beauty and a necessity in being in relationship. So it's just about, right, finding that balance. And so I, you can kind of feel into like where you are, if you're too far on one side of the scale of, you know, leaning too much into relationship, or I've seen it go the other way where it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to focus all on me. 
and I'll put it out in like, you know, in certain ways, but um, I won't really like be in my element of flourishing in relationship because it's, there's a safety in that. There's a safety in just focusing within. So again, it's that it's bringing up that really Libras are beautiful in a relationship and however that looks in their, you know, work relationship. And as long as they're taking time for self, um, you know, like relationships are great teachers. So also don't hold your back, hold yourself back from, you know, experiencing and being in those beautiful relationships. Cause that's that Libra energy. Like that's needs that. And bringing also into focus that, well, we did touch in on the importance of sun, moon, and rising in the part one piece of the Zodiac, which would have been episode 32. Um, keeping in mind that all of these signs feed in and have a have an effect on who we all are. We carry all of these energies in us. It's about how much, how big the thread is, how big that pipeline to that energy is. Our biggest pipelines are our sun, moon, and rising. And then all of these other energies have different size pipelines, depending on what our other natal placements are. Um, and depending on what house that they end up in, and we will get into all of that. I promise. Um, I just want to hold that all of us have Libra energy. It's just about where it ends up. Um, and yeah, we will, we will likely drop a link to Astro. If you want to pull your natal chart, I read, I do astrology readings. So reach out if you want a reading done, um, just keep in mind every single sign we're going over, every single one we're touching into, everybody carries it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful type. That's a beautiful thing about archetypes is mm -hmm. we all have all of it. Right. And we just get to express, um, express it in different ways. And that's the beauty too, of like having all of these different people in your life is you get to see where people's strengths are. And yeah, like you said, even if you have no planets in a certain sign, um, it falls into a certain house, which we'll get into in another episode. And there's asteroids and most likely there's something there. And if not, it's, you have a house there, which is a, a slice of the pie of your life. So yes, for sure. And we all, right. That's the beauty of archetypes is we are all of it, right? We all have all of it. And again, it's just knowing your strengths and knowing where, you know, there are, um, yeah, just emphasis on certain areas. Fabulous. Scorpio. Scorpio. Yes. So Scorpio is fixed water. Its sign is the scorpion and it is ruled by Mars. And also, so Mars is the traditional ruler. And then the modern ruler, so this is where it starts to bring in, we'll start to see it in these later signs is um, because the outer planets were discovered later, we bring in a modern ruler, which is Pluto. So it has, Scorpio has two rulers. We'll see that in some of the signs that it's Mars and Pluto. So if you are a Scorpio rising, um, follow Mars because Mars moves a lot quicker. Pluto is just, he, he's a slow mover. It's not going anywhere. So, and even his retrogrades, right? Like he's retrograde for a lot longer. Um, so if you are a Scorpio rising, know that they both are the rulers, but follow Mars as far as um, movement 
and right things to pay attention to like when mars goes retrograde and as mars moves through the sign he's going to move a lot faster than pluto so yeah scorpio has that fixed water energy like that we're just going to go deep right here right like you can feel into cancer as um the movement of emotions cancer is that cardinal um water so it has that initiatory energy of like moving through the different emotions and Scorpio definitely has the emotional component. It has that intuitive component. I also think about Scorpio as having that like um, intuitive, almost like psychic kind of energy, but that fixed water of like, we're going to go deep right here, like where we are. So it definitely, there's a depth to Scorpio, which I love. There's this, um, this passion and this, yeah, like the deep emotions. It's like, we're going to, like here are the emotions and we're just going to go a little bit deeper. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is so much depth with Scorpio. Um, and it is, it is a deep dive. It's also Scorpio is the stuff we don't want to talk about. It's death and sex and taxes. It is, you know, I've been making sure to bring in the body pieces. This is Scorpio's the sex organs. Um, and it's not even necessarily like it's the sex organs, but I'm going to just go ahead. This is, this is penis. This is vulva. Like this is anus. This is the bottom of our bodies. Um, and it's the, it's the hidden stuff. It's the stuff we don't want to see. We don't want to look at. It's also associated with our large colon. Um, our large intestine, our colon, and our elimination system, as well as our endocrine system. Um, this is Scorpio is kind of the detoxification system <laughs> of the zodiac. It it is going to eliminate, and if we're not moving with our Scorpio energy, that can lead to constipation because it's stagnant. We're not moving with that energy. We're not being willing to go to the depths of like, well, what is down there? How do I excavate this? Um, so I can move it. Elimination. Yeah, it definitely has that, like all things taboo, like all the things mm -hmm. that you don't want to talk about. Yeah. Um, Scorpio is going to go there. Like it's, it's going to mm -hmm. almost crave that. And if it doesn't, if you're just on kind of on the surface, Scorpio isn't so happy. Like there's just this like, oh, like that's just not, it's not enough. Like, Scorpio really needs that going in deep. It really needs that depth. It really needs um, to talk about all the things, you know, and to explore all the things. And there's also, um, I laugh because like the Scorpios I know in my life and even like some people I know who have children, they're like, where is this coming from? And they love things that are like um, scary like horror movies and like just like just certain things that are just, you know some uh, like you know some people are just like oh no I can't do scary movies a lot mm -hmm. of Scorpios like love the um the kind of scary and the like yeah just like getting in there um also in the um in the year it's around Halloween so you know mm -hmm. Halloween falls during Scorpio season um so there's also that like that um you know all things scary um, or just a little like um, witchy and like a cult and just different. And the things that like we haven't talked about 
for, well, we, we talk about now, <laughs> but we haven't in history, you know, it's been very like, we're going to hide those things. We're going to, you know, literally just remove these people from society mm-hmm. who are, you know, talking about all of these things, which are really just, you know, things that are innate to us, mm-hmm. like, like the wisdom, like really, I was talking, you know, which means wise woman and man too, like men also were um, killed and, you know, the witch trials. And it's just really our connection to those kind of just like innate occult things. And sexuality falls into that too, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all of these things that have kind of been repressed for a while. And you can feel that with like, if things are repressed, Scorpio's like, no, I need, I I need Mm -hmm. to go there. I need that. Mm -hmm. And so bringing things up from the depth and um, yeah, there's this deep passion with Scorpio too. I think it has Mars as a ruler. So it can also have this like almost fieriness to it, even though it's definitely a water sign. Um, it has it's water been, on fire. Yeah. I was going to say, Amy, Amy says it's water on fire, which right. Like feels so Scorpio because it has Mars as a ruler. It has this passion. Um, and so it's definitely, it's a whole different type of water. Um, and I just kind of see that just like, we're going to drill in, we're going to go deep into the caves of like, right. Um, where we need to go. There's a penetrative quality to Scorpio because it is that like, how do we move into a, a deeper level of emotional peace? How do we move into this deeper from a psychological piece? Um, and Scorpio is a sign that has kind of three levels. There's the scorpion, which is the very instinctual level of Scorpio. There's a, a fable about a scorpion and a, a frog and the scorpion needs to get across this river. And it, it talks to the frog and it says, will you, will you carry me? I can't swim. So, and I sit on your back as you swim me across the river. And the frog says, well, there's no way I'm going to swim you across the river or you'll sting me. And the scorpion says, well, I won't sting you. If I sting you, you'll drown and I'll drown. Why would I do that? And so the frog, understanding the logic of this, agrees. The scorpion crawls on the frog's back. He starts their swim across the river. And then the scorpion stings the frog. And and as they're sinking, the frog is like, why did you do that? You said you weren't going to do that. And the scorpion just says, well, I'm sorry, it's my nature. So there's that instinctual kind of, um, here's our ground level of Scorpio. And then the next level up is the eagle. It's the ability to see from a really high place. Um, and that, that's where I feel like we get our depth. The, the higher we can go and the bigger picture we can see, we get more depth emotionally, psychologically. We understand that birth and death are the same thing. We, we understand these deep pieces. And then the final piece of Scorpio, the really exalted piece of Scorpio is the Phoenix. And it's a good reminder, I think, for everyone that the Phoenix doesn't know it's going to be reborn when it burns and it burns anyway. It burns because there's that nature part of it, but it burns because it doesn't fear the depths. It doesn't fear the next step. And it understands that 
for growth and to go that deep, we need to have transformation. Um, so that's, that's just a piece of a piece of Scorpio, like some of the psychology pieces is that they can really fear betrayal and abandonment. Um, they, they fear rejection and loss because they want to go deep. They, they want to dive in. And when we're going deep, we're going to be working in shadow pieces. We're going to be working in the messy parts that we don't want anyone to see. So if we're going to want to go deep, there's also going to be this equal fear of, well, am I going to be left? If I reveal this thought, if I reveal this piece, if I dig into this piece of you, is it going to cause abandonment? Is it going to cause loss? Um, there's also, you know, like that's a, a piece of that deep dive is an urge to merge. Like I want to be with you so much. And the way we get to do that is like this deep dive because it creates connection. So just some other Scorpio pieces um, around transformation and like that plugs in back with Pluto. Pluto is transformation at its finest. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a big piece of Scorpio definitely is that transformation, like that alchemy that, um, you know, and Pluto definitely, he's God of the underworld, like that death and rebirth. Like there's that understanding that you need to go through the full process. Right. And it's like, that's what I feel when I feel into the depth of Scorpio. It's like, you can't sugarcoat your way and be like, well, I'm just going to focus on like the rebirth. Well, you can't have a rebirth. <laughs> If you don't go through the messy stuff, the death, the, the deep dive, right? And innately as humans, like it's gonna be messy, right? Like we're gonna go through things that aren't super comfortable. And yeah, when you feel into that evolution of the scorpion, sometimes it can be scorpion or snake to eagle to phoenix. Um, there's that, like the phoenix is beautiful, right? The phoenix is this mythic creature that is just like, wow. But it also, right, like it rises from nothing, from ashes. Literally, actually, if you were to see ashes, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's amazing, right? Like, but it has to go through that. It has to be the ash in order to become the phoenix. And yeah, I feel like that's like, Scorpio knows that. Scorpio knows, right? But sometimes too, like collectively, like you said, there might be that uncertainty, Yeah, you know, um, and that, you know, collective of like, oh, the phoenix is beautiful, but we don't want to be the ash. Like Scorpio understands that you have to go through all of it. Yeah. Um, so there is that. And when you feel into both Mars and Pluto as the rulers, um, Mars and Scorpio is a very different Mars than a Mars in Aries. Mars in Aries is that warrior. He's like, yep, initiatory. He's like, I'm just going to go. And Mars and Scorpio definitely has more of that Plutonian energy. Mars and Scorpio to me is like the warrior who now there's almost like um, the emotional maturity because it's water, right? Of him like, okay, and now I'm going on this, this like quest within. I'm going deep into the inner landscape of myself, right? The Aries is kind of this um, moving outward, right? Taking action, moving out. And then the Scorpio Mars is like, that same energy, that same fire, that passion, Mars is just like this passionate 
energy, but it's going within, right? And so that you can feel into the, the, the planets as they roll different signs, like how they kind of move and evolve. Um, so yeah, that too of like that, that quest within. Um, yeah, and I always just see it as like the caves and like our inner landscape, right? And like these dark corners that, um, you know, like the hidden pieces where like, that's, the, that's where the gems are. Like yeah. when we can go into those places, um, that's, yeah, that's where the gold is. And I think that's the lesson of both Mars and Scorpio and Pluto. Like Pluto wants it all. He wants all of it. He wants all the taboo. He wants all the hidden things, all the things that you like can't admit, admit to anyone else. Maybe you can't even admit to yourself for a time. Like Pluto's like, yeah, that show me that because then, <laughs> right, then that's where your magic starts shining. That's where you become this full, like badass person. And right, like it's about going deep. And so Scorpio to me, like, I know we've said it a million times, but it really is like just going deep, um, right? And it's an evolution over li lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever you have um, in your chart in Scorpio um, or whatever house it falls into, like that's an area um, that you need depth that you want to dive deep in. Yeah. And a piece of... of working with and evolving your Scorpio energy is the acceptance of all of your emotions, the acceptance of all of those shadow bits and a willingness to go there. It, it, you can't move from Scorpion to Eagle to Phoenix if you're going to deny any piece of yourself. Like that's, that's a piece of Scorpio's lesson is that empowerment, personal, like I'm going to claim and embody my power comes from the acceptance of self. And when we accept self and when we can merge with our higher self, that, that is, that's creating like this, this power structure that is ours and cannot be taken away. It's part of why Scorpio deals in the occult is because what has been more powerful for the systems around us than to take away our sovereignty, to take away our connection with self and to strip us of our connection to higher self. Like this is, this is a deep merging. And when you merge from like your ability to be really vulnerable takes you to a level of authenticity that is for me a real signature of Scorpio is the ability to move past like that Libra codependency and into really authentic vulnerability to, to be like, oh no, this is my piece of power. This is mine. And whether it's, this is my messy stuff or this is my magic and this is my gifts. Like this is mine. And, and it is, it's a claiming. And, you know, there's no such thing as feeling too much. Zero, that, it, that does not exist. <laughs> Just gonna, you know, scratch that from the Akashic records of the entire universe. There is no such thing as feeling too much. And I think that that is something that people with really strong Scorpio signatures get accused of is that they feel too deeply or they feel too much. No such thing. 
tossing that shit right out the window. Yeah. And that's where we've gotten into trouble collectively is like repressing the too much. And then that's where it just, you know, we, got, we have lots of, lots of issues from that. Um, yeah. And that transformative quality I keep coming back to of like the snake is coming of shedding its skin of um, that it, you need to do it over and over. That's another piece I think with, um, you know, with going in deep with the transformation of Scorpio is it's that evolution that we're talking about. It's that continual knowing that it's not a one and done like that transformation is a continual process right and so that you know like that shakes the snake shedding its skin of needing to release like it, it gets uncomfortable like it has to release its old skin so that it can have the fresh new skin mm -hmm. and yeah I love that Scorpio has so many symbols because it kind of speaks to also like the complexity and the um, transformative quality of Scorpio of having like the snake, the scorpion, the eagle, the phoenix. Um, and that it's, yeah, like it's a continual process. And that idea of, you know, you brought in, you can't feel too much. Cause that's the thing. Like once you, once you start, like there's just more and more, like there's always more within ourselves and there's more to feel. Um, and that can seem really scary, but I think once you give yourself permission and once you come into, um, like acceptance of that and knowing that that's not, I mean, we've been taught that feeling too much is a bad thing and that's a, a flaw or a weakness. It's not. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's a, a definite um, learning of Scorpio of learning to embrace um, the depths of the, the feeling, all the things, all the things, all the things, all yeah. the things bring us all the things. I love Scorpio. Oh, Scorpios. Thank you for being present and bringing us all the things. Mm -hmm. I love it. I feel and wrapped last, up on Scorpio. Yeah. Say, and last <laughs> Scorpio pieces before Sagittarius. Let's dive into Sagittarius. Beautiful. Um, so Sagittarius mutable fire so you can feel into mutable has that movement that flexibility that you know Sagittarius I always think of like the traveler wanting to travel right like it's mutable doesn't want to just stay in one in one place and hold um it wants to move so mutable fire you can tell there's a passion with fire there's a um yeah there's a certain energy with fire and its symbol is the centaur this is another piece, I think, as we start to get into um, these, the second half of the Zodiac, the symbols become these mythic kind of symbols, right? They start to move into like the centaur who is half horse, half human. And right, or the archer is the symbol too, but it's really the centaur who is both. It's the horse with the human body and holding the bone arrow. Um, and its ruler is Jupiter. So Jupiter, we bring in for the first time um, as a chart ruler. And Jupiter brings beautiful expansion, beautiful like exploratory energy um, that I think fits so perfectly with Sagittarius. So of course, Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. um, so again, if you are a rising Sagittarius, Jupiter is your natal chart ruler. Um, and Jupiter moves through a sign. He's a little slower than, say, Mercury, Venus, Mars, but he stays in a sign for about a year. So he brings expansion 
too. I love to follow Jupiter in the chart. He's just really amazing to me. He, he expands an area of your chart for about a year. So if he is your chart ruler, um, really like exploring that, really exploring like where is Jupiter? What, what is Jupiter hitting and expanding? Because we will all feel that. And again, if he's your chart ruler, it's just something to definitely pay attention to. Where is Jupiter? Um, yeah. Um, Sagittarius, all of this, all of that that Alexis brought. And um, Sagittarius is, is the place of what is your personal truth? And we'll touch back into this with Pisces because Pisces is about ultimate truth. But Sagittarius is about personal truth and really recognizing that it's your personal truth. It is not everybody's truth. Um, so really being with that personal truth and Sagittarius is about what moves us physically. So our personal truth moves us and the areas of our body that move us are our hips and our glutes and our upper legs. So our thighs. So from knees to kind of our, our hips, this is, this is Sagittarius's body area. It's our glutes. It's, it's our mobility piece. And we'll, you know, as you notice, we've been working from the head with Aries down. We're at the hips and the legs. So what often moves us is our personal truth. Um, from an organ system standpoint, this is, um, this is a liver spot. Um, our, our liver can hold a lot, um, of resentment and bitterness. If we are not speaking our truth back to personal truth, we're not speaking our personal truth. If we're not calling for what, um, what's going to serve us and what we need and how we see things. And it's not about trampling over everyone else. Um, as that can be a shadow side of Sagittarius as I'm right. <laughs> um, it's about recognizing that this is my personal truth and it's personal and it's what moves me through the world. And if I don't speak that we can have liver stagnation and bitterness and liver kind of messiness. And so the importance of being able to speak your truth and being able to speak your truth with the recognition that it's your personal truth, it's not like as we get into Pisces, Pisces is ultimate truth. Pisces is big truth. Um, and that they're different. Um, so there's that piece. Um, this is also, uh, Sagittarius is really connected in with the sciatic nerve, which is technically there's not a nerve called the sciatic nerve. It's the sciatic nerve bundle. Um, and it moves through, um, it moves either over, under, or through the piriformis muscle, um, and it enervates our lower legs. It's, it's a bundle of nerves. It's called the sciatic bundle. Um, and it's really plugged into our central nervous system. Um, you will find in life that the, the more skilled you become at speaking your truth, at first it feels really scary and your nervous system gets really activated because what are people going to think if I say the thing that's in me? Um, and and the more you can speak your personal truth from a really clean way, it, it works to soothe your nervous system and, and to set your system up to be able to regulate itself better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I always think of um, Sagittarius as the 
explorer, also higher learning. Um, it can be the teacher. So when you feel into the axis of Gemini and Sagittarius, um, Gemini has that curiosity. It's almost like the student, like learning, like just wanting to know all the things. And Sagittarius has this energy of teacher um, and this higher learning and this philosophy and this like great right, seeing from a broader scope. Um, but also like the teacher energy can sometimes just be teaching by doing like standing in, like when you were speaking about, like just standing in your truth and standing in and not worrying about what other people are thinking. Like it has such an exploratory energy. It's like, I just want to explore all the things and do, and you're teaching by doing right by you setting the example of, I am doing these things. That's can be part of the teacher. It can also be, you know, actually being a teacher um, for other people. And I think one of the shadow sides of Sagittarius is the know-it-all, right? So it's like important to, and I love this, like you can always feel into like what the antidote to the shadow is by what's opposite that sign in the chart. So the antidote to the know-it-all of Sagittarius is coming back to that curiosity, coming back to like that Gemini, like, you know, kind of just curious student energy of, Yes, Sagittarius has this great wisdom, has this great like ability to explore and see things and learn and, um, you know, see things from that teacher perspective and then wanting to share and wanting to teach. But coming back to that, like we are always like right in our humble little human bodies, we are always the student, we are always learning. And so I think that's a beautiful antidote too. like there's great wisdom that comes with Sagittarius. Um, but that kind of like, and even we can do it with ourselves, like just, you know, thinking we know how things work, thinking we know the answers, thinking we know it all, um, is kind of coming back to that humble curiosity of actually, <laughs> there is great wisdom and there is, you know, amazing things. And we still don't, we don't, we just can't know everything. We just can't. Um, and that's okay. Like taking some of the pressure off. I feel like that can also be a pressure of like, Sagittarius of like having to know it all and having to know the answers and like mm -hmm. you, know, you think about a teacher I think the best teachers are the ones who admit um when they don't know the answer right like I remember yeah. being in school and like graduating and being like oh my god like I spent all this time in school but like I still and I remember the teacher just being like you won't and the best the best way you can say is wait let me look that up let me you know mm -hmm. let me look more into that that's fine and I was like oh, you can do that? Great, great. Because that is, that's the best teacher is the one who says, I don't have all the answers. I know all of these things. And I, yes, I, yep, have all of this wisdom that I've accumulated and I don't know it all. So I can go ask somebody else or I can look it up or I can, right? And yeah. to me, that was a huge relief of like, oh, great. Like, I don't have to know it all, even though I am in this, you know, position, I'm in this career now where I, you know, I'm supposed to have the answers. It's like, yeah, but you won't. And you don't have to know it all. And that's why we have resources and books and things um, where you can look it up, you know? So I think that's a piece too of like taking some of the pressure off of the Sagittarius of like, I need to know all the things and I need to, you know, be able to hold it all um, is very helpful. <laughs> yeah. And touching into that, like that shadow side, the Sagittarius can become really aimless and scattered if they're trying to like learn and do too many things. So a piece of, a piece of healing that is, is to recognize that like a, an unconditioned mind is a free mind 
to like go dip back into that Gemini piece of being really curious and freeing your mind that we don't know. Like there is so much we don't know. I just, you know, if everybody wants to go into that discussion, I'm going to point you back to our podcast with Lucia, which I don't even know what number that is off the top of my head. And one of the things we touched into was like, we know like 3% of what there is to know. Um, so really moving into that Gemini access of, well, I, I don't know. Um, and knowing that um, Sagittarius can lean towards overindulgence with Jupiter as a ruler who wants more beer, more wine, more food, more music. It can, it can head into overindulgence and, and compensation as a result of that, which ends up alienating those around you because you fall into this preacher mode rather than a teacher. And I agree with Alexis so strongly that we, we teach best through how we live, not through how we preach. And Sagittarius are very goal-driven. That's beautiful. They are, um, they're big picture thinkers. I think about here in the Northern hemisphere, um, Sagittarius season marks this time when we have in Minnesota, most, a lot of our leaves have fallen and there is, there is a boundlessness. We can see so far because our greenery and our leaves are gone. So there's this bigger picture. There's this further view that happens with Sagittarius. And I think sometimes Sagittarius can get lost because they can see so far that we need to just bring them back a little bit and be like, come play with the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. And I think a question of like asking why, because I do know mm -hmm. um, that Sagittarius energy of wanting to learn all the things, mm -hmm. right. And do all the things. And it's, and it's beautiful. Cause I know I have had to like, if I tell you all of it, like classes and things and all the things that I've explored, like it's wild and coming back to like, well, but why are you doing that? And also it doesn't have to always look like, um, traditional, like mm -hmm. institutionalized, like, you know, like going to a formal school, a lot of times it's coming back to that, like that truth within and that having that exploratory, um, kind of energy of like, you can explore all the things and like read multiple books at one time and like you know, be doing all of this stuff, as long as it's aligned with your truth, right? Mm -hmm. As long as it's aligned with, um, yeah, what really fills you. Because um, I think Personal that's- truth. Of, yeah, of that mutable energy, you can feel it with mutable with Gemini too, and the mutable with Sagittarius as their opposite. Um, but that like wanting to just be in all the different things, because it, you know, it fills you. If you can't physically travel, which is one way, to um, fill a Sagittarius's heart is to travel. Um, but you can also travel through books and through learning and through the different things. And as long as you come back to, you know, does this fill me? Because I think that's one piece that, you know, if you get caught up in the traditional, um, what it looks like, like traditional learning can be a piece of it. But I think for, for a Sagittarius, it's really that like exploring um, for yourself and trying the different things for yourself and coming back to, well, why am I doing this? Does this fill me? Because if it doesn't, if it doesn't bring you that expansion, right, that Jupiter expansion, 
um, then you're just kind of busying yourself and, and filling your plate with a lot of things, which might, you know, kind of um, might fill some part of you that like wants to be productive, but it's not really going to fill the true Sagittarius, like wanting to explore. Um, and there's also a spiritual quality to Sagittarius like that, you know, you can feel into that philosophy, that spiritual component. It's like, it almost needs um, some of that, um, like imaginatory, that like otherworldly connection to, um, which I, which is why I feel like sometimes the traditional school or the traditional ways we think about, you know, going through things, um, sometimes isn't quite enough for a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Cause there is a, um, expanding the mind beyond the cultural norms. Um, and really pushing the edge, like Sagittarius is the sign of the philosopher and, and exploring ideas, not just what we learn, um, but exploring beyond those edges. And, you know, I oftentimes like quantum physics feels very much like a Sagittarian pursuit to me um, because quantum physics is moving us past the norm of, of what we believe about all levels of science um, because it deals in things like morphogenic fields and string theory and all of these things that are really, that push our brains to move in a very different way than, than what cultural norm tells us is science. So Sagittarians, go out and study string theory get back to us <laughs> love it love Sagittarius any last pieces I don't think so drink a lot of water okay. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna, we're just gonna drop that in often right now for every right? sign but every know, sign just drink a lot of water apparently Sagittarius needed that little message right now um. <laughs> all the signs <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So Capricorn. Capricorn is our cardinal earth. It's our seagoat. I call Capricorn like the, the CEO of the Zodiac. Um, and its ruler is Saturn. So if you are a rising Capricorn, your chart ruler is Saturn. And yeah, Saturn, um, we'll get, I feel like we'll get into Saturn because he rules the, the next sign as well. Um, and Amy knows a lot about Saturn, so we'll, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I like to call Capricorn like the CEO, the executive of the, uh, the Zodiac. It has that cardinal earth, so that initiatory earth energy. It's like, let's get things done. It kind of has that workhorse energy. Um, definitely a go-getter, hard worker, ambitious. Um, but sometimes Capricorn can get stuck in that. Like, right, it's kind of like all work, no play. Um, so I think again, like the balance of Capricorn is like bringing in the play and then again, you're golden. Um, and the sea goat, another mythic creature, right. We're feeling like more mythic creatures are kind of coming in. Sea goat is half has like a fish tail or it kind of looks like a mermaid tail. Mermaid tail. (laughs) Mermaid tail. It's like half mermaid, half goat. Um, which also to me, cause it's earth, right. Capricorn is earth, but it has this like a little bit of water with the the sea goat mermaid tail. And to me, there's like an emotional maturity with Capricorn. Like you feel into Saturn and I feel into like that Gandalf or that like 
know, there's this like, there's this wisdom, right? And again, you have to, all of these are like an evolution. So you come into the, the different stages of it, but you can come into this, right? You can feel into that, like the beginning of like Saturn as a carpenter, who's like a hard worker. And he's like, I'm just going to work, work, work. But then you can kind of come into the next stage of Saturn is the wise version of Saturn who um, knows when to take a break, who knows, right, that there's wisdom in all of it and kind of has that, um, you know, like that elder knowledge of like, you know, can't work yourself to death. Um, and so when you get to like incorporating all of those pieces, like Capricorn is, is pretty badass. It can get lots of stuff done. It can just yeah has that again I just call it like the CEO of the Zodiac I love it um I I live with a Capricorn son so I've got a lot of Capricorn experience um and for some reason in my notes I have the word patience written and I don't know if it's because I need to have a lot of patience with my <laughs> Capricorn son <laughs> or because Capricorn comes with this level of patience as the builder, as the workhorse, as the CEO of the Zodiac, there is a, there is a level of patience that is required with Capricorn and it's staying power, like it's stamina. Um, and, and it's ability to hold the course. And of course the shadow is holding the course, whether it's wise or not when it's holding the course due to the norm of like workaholic. Right. Um, right. Just, Cause that's bringing up just cause I feel like I'll forget this, but I feel like with oh. that cardinal energy, it's like, that's where it's, it's like, that's where it's good. That's where it's passionate is. And I feel like when it holds on too long or it's like, cause there is, like you said, there is that passion it needs. It mm -hmm. needs that pat like, or that patience. I guess passion too is coming up. <laughs> Both of it, all of it. <laughs> But it needs a passion because I feel like that cardinal energy is like, I just want to see it happen now. Like I just, right. Like I want it to happen now. And so, yeah, there is that learning to like have the patience over time and also learning to like its strength is in that initiatory energy. And so like being able to let go and al allow things to evolve, right. And allow things to shift and change and have, and have people help you, right. Like the, the CEO or the executive of the, of the Zodiac is not doing everything themselves. Actually, that would not be, and like, they would not have any successful, right. Business. It's like having that initiatory energy and then allowing it to evolve, let go of it and have others help you um, right. And not that you can't see it through because the, the CEO is there. That's like the, their company. They're going to see all the stuff through, yeah. but it's like their, I think that's a part that, you know, I wanted to emphasize is like, they're really good at that initiatory energy. And then, like you said, if they kind of hold on too tight. It, yeah. yeah. Then you end up with a micromanager rather than a CEO. Yeah. And, and a quality CEO is surrounded um, by people that they they trust and can delegate to, and they they know how to hand things over um, because there's an alignment with the vision. There's an alignment with what we want to build here, and uh, Capricorn is about what we're climbing towards. So Capricorn is the knees. Um, and our joints, right? It's, it's our mobility. It's our, 
our ability to hold things and pull ourselves up. It's our knees, our, and our, you know, our joints. It is also our skeletal system, right? Cause joints are made up of bones coming together. So our tendons and our ligaments, the stuff that makes up our joints, um, it's our teeth, it's our skin. Um, and the skin it shares with Venus, but the skin is there. It's also our fascia. Um, and I love fascia and I could, you know, we could just spend a whole podcast on fascia, but I'm going to make this really short and really concise. If you want more information, I believe I went on a tangent in our latest Patreon. <laughs> I'm going to my tangent. Um, the fascia is, is a connective tissue that runs through our body. And it's like a tablecloth or a sheet. If you pull one corner, if you walk past the table and catch the tablecloth, the entire tablecloth shifts, not just the part you came in contact with. So how we deal with our fascia, we can have tight fascia in a toe that's giving us a headache because it's a continuous sheet that runs throughout our body that really dictates how well we move. Like bottom line, fascia dictates how well our body functions, um, which brings us back to Capricorn and how well Capricorn functions and its ability to recognize its interconnectedness and that it doesn't have to do everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah which I feel is like where that emotional maturity comes in, mm -hmm. right? Of like learning, um, learning to delegate and to be able to release, right? And not having to be the one who does it all. Mm -hmm. um, and so that comes with time, right? It's almost like you you kind of have to go through the stages. You go through the, the workhorse and the like, you know, the burnout, and then mm -hmm. you, you learn, right? You get to that Saturn, Gandalf, like wise um, energy of um, that maturity that comes with that leadership energy. Cause there's definitely leadership energy um, with Capricorn for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's, um, all of this moving from like workhorse to delegation, like the, the ambition and patience, finding the balance of these things is really becoming the, uh, uh, it's, it's gaining our mastery of our inner and outer congruence. Can we, can we really be aligned in self and can we move in the world in a way that is aligned with ourself? And, and that creates um, the art, you know, the art of creating our lives here is our own congruency, our, our level of integrity. Do our actions match our words? We are integrated if that is the case. If our actions don't match our words, we are not integrated. We don't have integrity. And a lack of integrity gets in the way of our potency, our potential. And... Capricorn is, is finding, helping find that balance and that maturity, that emotional maturity that Alexis has mentioned over and over is really, really important because we are the people that define our own reality. And so our Capricorn energy is, that's what we access to build our realities. Yeah. Yeah. I say that a lot of like, um, it has the ability to bring things into reality. Like that's just right part of it. And it's also, um, I think when Capricorn is connected to 
like itself, right? You feel into what's opposite of Capricorn is cancer and the emotions and, and kind of connected into that inner landscape um, and gives itself the time, like time for self again, because it can go into that workhorse, just like just go, go, go cardinal mm -hmm. energy. Um, but when it, it takes time for itself and it takes time to slow down, that's when it can really create the even a more amazing ideas. And because it can really, it can bring whatever into reality. Like it can just, you know, work, work, work and bring lots of things into reality. But when it's connected and it kind of gives itself like space to breathe and gives itself a break, that's when it has the ideas. Um, you know, I feel like that's when the ideas come and then those are the things that you can bring into reality. So it's almost like the pause is really important for Capricorn because that's mm -hmm. like where you'll be able to, um, you know, give yourself a break and have the fresher ideas. Because yeah, Capricorn is just brilliant at just, going and bringing things into reality and making things happen um yeah so if you have a Capricorn in your life like awesome because they're gonna help you right see how to bring things in because you can feel into the different like types of like like if you're a dreamer and you're just like you know dreaming but like you're not really sure how to actually make it happen um I feel like both Aries and Capricorn are great for that <laughs> Right, like that cardinal um, activating energy because Aries is cardinal, Capricorn is mm -hmm. cardinal um, and different. But yeah, Capricorn has that really beautiful ability of just really bringing it in, like really bringing it into reality um, and really being able to see um, on a like, you know, physical landscape how this can work, right? Which is again, why the CEO and, you know, why that CEO executive energy is like, they're a CEO and executive for a reason because they can see things. They can see how the, the bigger picture um, things play into, into this creation of whatever they're trying to create. So, yeah. And maybe some questions to kind of plug into your personal Capricorn energy is how do you define your reality? Do you love your reality? Does your reality feel like it's a struggle? Are, are there things in your reality that aren't working for you? The other piece that feels like just to bring in Capricorn has been associated as the sign of the patriarchy. Um, and we are all living in it. We are bathed in it from the time we're little. Um, so the next question then becomes how has distorted patriarchy poisoned you personally? What things do you feel entitled to? Because oftentimes our entitlement is a sign of, of that illness. Um, and like start to imagine what would clean patriarchy look like? Just like what would clean matriarchy look like with cancer? What would, what would clean patriarchy look like? And if I've triggered you, good work. Yeah. And the other, piece, the other piece that's coming up with that is where have you felt um, victim to, right? Mm -hmm. That energy of that repressive, because Saturn can be, right? We, we talk about the patriarchy and that kind of um, father energy. Saturn can be, he's a, he, he holds the archetype of father, right? And so he can hold that energy of like that, like that constriction, that right repressing and so also where have you felt that because i mean that's that's the world we live in 
And so when you can feel into that piece of it as well, um, it's like, how can you break out of the box of that and create from your authentic place um, and come into that, like rather than Saturn as the strict and the, you know, kind of constricting repressive energy of Saturn as the wise energy. Cause there is a wisdom, there is a wisdom in that, you know, masculine energy of um, holding whatever structure you create and of being able to take the action to do the things. And so there's a, like the masculine energy is beautiful and it's become, you know, um, also this repressive energy that we have, you know, collectively that we're all in. And so that's another piece that was coming too of where do you feel um, constricted and right? Like that piece of it, because I think that's a big, especially in, you know, some of the younger generations, I mean, really for everybody, because we're all working against, you know, we're all working against to like <laughs> shift it. And so it's almost like whatever generation you fall into, there's differences, there's different um, kind of pieces that you have to work through. And so as you're working through, what is your authentic um, piece in all of this? I think that's, yeah, that's definitely a big piece of Capricorn because it does hold that father energy, right? Like if Cancer is the mother and Capricorn is the father, as we've been talking about, um, you know, again, antidote, if we look to the opposite, it's like, where can we bring, if we're looking at the, you know, exalted and the highest expression, where can we bring some of that um, softness of Cancer and some of that heart connected energy of Cancer um, and be able to move ourselves out of the victim of feeling like we have been repressed into that like open-hearted, um, you know, understanding that we are co-creators, right? I feel like that's another great like Capricorn word. Yeah. Like, Cause that's another piece too. I feel like if Capricorn just tries to do it all, like we talked about, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't go so great. But when you feel into the energy of co-creation and you can kind of take ownership of like, yes, all of these things historically are there, right? And they are all pieces that we all have to work through in our own unique way. And I get to co-create and I get to learn through and, you know, kind of touch into more of my authentic piece. Cause when I really feel into Saturn, I feel like that's like, he really wants us to like live our best lives. Like yeah. I really do. <laughs> I love Saturn. Saturn's beautiful Saturn. energy. Yeah. I love that you brought in this, the, the reality that Saturn will hold whatever structure we dream into reality, which is that like, what is your reality? Because Saturn is holding that. So are you feeling constricted in your reality or are you feeling free in your reality? Because Saturn's going to hold whatever you bring and, and whatever you dream and whatever you feel is your reality. So I love that you brought that in because it's such an important piece of this we are our, we are the co-creators and Saturn's like, yeah, I will hold the shit out of that. Not a problem. I got you. And you want to be small? I got you. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> any more, any more cap pieces? No, just like, keep going. Like, yeah, just keep like, mm -hmm. keep that ambition and keep that connected to your inner drive. Um, cause we need that. Like we need you Capricorns. <laughs> Stay grounded. You got this. Yes. Love it. All right. Little builders. I love it. Yeah. We need you. 
Um, beautiful. Okay, so that brings us to Aquarius. Aquarius. Aquarius is our fixed air. Um, so talking about the staying power, right? It has fixed energy, has that staying power. It has that um, seeing things through, has definitely a visionary thinking outside of the box energy. Um, so fixed air, its symbol is the water bearer. So again, it often, because its symbol is the waves, like if you look at the glyph, it's the waves and its symbol is the water bearer. So often people will get confused and think Aquarius is a water sign. It's not, it's an air sign. But I also say air is connected to the intellect and the mind. It's also connected to spirit. So in the image of the water bearer, it's this person who's holding this, you know, barrel of, of water. But what it really is, is life-giving energy. It's this connection to spirit. So it pours this like life-giving energy onto the earth. It has, Aquarius also has a very like humanitarian kind of energy. Um, but it's almost as a reminder to like connect to spirit. Like it's like pouring this beautiful water and I'll say water, but it's actually like, you know, mythic water. It's like this magic water. <laughs> and it's reminding us um, how important that is, that connection to spirit. Um, it is ruled by Saturn is the traditional ruler and Uranus is the modern ruler. So again, Uranus discovered later. And Uranus to me is definitely Aquarius, right? So you can feel into Uranus as Uranus spins on its side. It's the only planet that does it. Like it's totally does its own thing. It's like, I am unique and I love it. And I am just different and that's my thing. And Uranus is also the revolutionary, the rebel, the change maker. And so that is also energy of Aquarius of um, yeah, it's going to think a little bit different. It's going to think outside of the box. It's going to do things a little bit differently. It's also the sign of like the inventor and inventions. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like Uranus is a beautiful, like the perfect ruler for Aquarius. And again, if you are a rising Aquarius, um, Saturn moves a little quicker than Uranus. So you'll follow Saturn and Saturn's um, movement through the zodiac. Definitely a slower one, but you know, you follow it, um, Saturn's retrogrades and when sh Saturn shifts and moves. Um, also, since we're talking about Saturn, I feel like I'll just drop in that Saturn takes 30 years to make a full cycle around the zodiac. So when you go through your Saturn return for anybody, right, and just happens to, you know, drop it in at this point, but th at 30 is when you go through your first Saturn return. Um, and Saturn is really about, we talked in Capricorn about bringing things into reality. And so I feel like you go through a full cycle of that one full cycle of Saturn around your chart and you come into kind of like your adulthood in the world of astrology. Like you have gone through a full cycle. Um, so it, anyway, that just felt to drop in with Saturn that it takes 30 years. And so at around 2930, you'll go through your first Saturn return. Um, but yes, Aquarius has the two rulers, Saturn and Uranus. And Saturn to me, like we were speaking of is, is mastery. And so when I feel like Saturn and Uranus come together, it's the mastery of our uniqueness. It's, it's like really owning that innovative Aquarian multidimensional, um, galactic citizenry-ship of the Aquarian energy, um, which, you know, brings me to the, the 
the body piece of it is the, is Aquarius is our nervous system. It's the electrical system of the body. So um, Aquarians can have complicated relationships with technology. Um, <laughs> they can have complicated relationships with their, their vehicles, especially the more electric vehicles become um, because they, they are so in their electric body. Um, it's also the lower leg. Um, and I, I, as an anatomy and physiology person, it's the leg. Knee to ankle is the leg. Knee to hip is the thigh. Um, so I don't even like saying lower leg. And I know that I've been scolded before for not speaking layman. Um, so the shin, the calf, the ankle, um, and then the electrical system, our, our dendrites and how our nervous system works. Um, so our body electrical system really requires a lot of water. Um, so this is an air sign and that, that water spirit that the water bearer brings in that Alexis was speaking about, like the mythic water. Are you in touch with those higher, higher fields? And, um, you know, what's, what's your relationship with your morphogenic field? If you've, if you've ever seen the really cool, they're like sacred geometry things and they're like big bubbles. Um, and everyone, every, everything has one. Um, and it is a part of our electrical system is, and we'll, you know, as we're getting closer to Pisces, we're in the last two signs of the Zodiac, we're going to get a little more esoteric with this. Um, because these two signs are a little more esoteric than I think really any of the other Zodiac signs. Um, there's, there's a, you know, don't do non-attachment rather than disassociation right? There's, there's that fine line of being in relationship and maintaining your authenticity and not getting too terribly attached. Um, it's, you know, Aquarius and Pisces are like, Ooh, we're just going to, what's a good thing we grounded beforehand. Right. And that's coming up like super loud is this mm -hmm. hearing grounding, grounding. I think it's so important for um, Aquarius in particular, because right, even mm -hmm. with that and it like electric energy, like you need a grounding rod, you need, right, you need it to be somehow mm -hmm. connected and rooted into something or else it's not going to do anything, right? Mm -hmm. If you just have like energy waves, but you don't have it grounded into anything, I was like, well, what good is that? Mm -hmm. um, it's just going to be up here. It's not going to actually be useful. And yeah. so grounding, right, so important um, to like right? In our physical bodies. And also mm -hmm. if you just think about like electricity as like a, you know, example of that. Ground the electricity. Ground it. And so, yeah, grounding is super important. I think for, yeah, definitely both, you know, as we get further out into the Zodiac for sure, but Aquarius, I think with that air energy, um, especially because it can be so in the, the mind and the head. And so it's like, okay, coming back to like, rooting your body, like being here, being here on this planet, <laughs> feet on the ground. Um, otherwise you can just float away. So yes, grounding, grounding, grounding. And a healthy Aquarius doesn't hold certainty. Like they, they're holding so much space as a universal citizen. 
There is no, there is no certainty. Um, so that, that really aligned piece of Aquarius is dropping. Well, I know th- that this is, he- here's where we're going. No, we, we don't know. <sighs> Things can, there's so many moving parts, things can shift all at the same time. And so Aquarius for me, oftentimes really feels like that witness consciousness, that ability to sit and see without any judgment, without any, it just to be like, okay, I'm taking all this in. I can, I can pull the pieces that are going to work with the, my little invention, my innovation, the way I want to move forward, the way I can imagine this happening from a really bigger perspective as, you know, a galactic citizen. I'm on a galactic citizen kick, apparently. I know. I love it. <laughs> and I think a shadow side of Aquarius can be um, detached, mm-hmm. can be... Um, and like, I, I never really get this one, but like cold and like having like no emotions. I saw something about that recently. And I'm like, that doesn't feel <laughs> quite right to me. Um, but I can feel the, the, you know, a little bit of that detached piece mm-hmm. of, um, you know, almost because they're having that broader scope, they can have that, like seeing all things. And so I, I personally do not think that it is void, void of any emotion or void of any connection. Um, as an Aquarius, I am quite the opposite. I am like... <laughs> very, very empathic and very, very emotional. Um, but I can, you know, you can feel that where it can have that detached quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be a shadow side of Aquarius. And then you feel into, again, I keep doing this. So I guess there's something here of what's opposite of Aquarius is Leo and that heart and that like, you know, very connected to heart and, um, you know, self and like, right. There's that heart connection I think is really important because I think so the thing that's why this is coming up is I saw a like a meme and it had all the different um like had little like figures of all the different people from all the different signs and it had like where their hearts were and Aquarius just had no heart and I was like what (laughs) that doesn't feel right um so I think that's part of it of like it you know Aquariuses can get a and maybe this is more of a perception Mm -hmm. of Aquarius is of they can seem really detached um and maybe for some people that's true um but I think like right the antidote of to that is really connecting into the heart and so when you do that and this is probably why I don't like feel um necessarily that it's completely accurate is because when you're connected to the heart right that the antidote is Leo heart that's not the case right because then you are also able to see big picture and also connected to um, self. And so, yeah, so that's something that I see come up with Aquarius, a lot of like this cold ice heart. <laughs> I'm just like, eh. well, and I do think that is a shadow side of Aquarius is this, um, this disassociation that the, the, I don't have a heart and everyone else is stupid because they don't think the way that I, like there is a, a, there's the Sagittarian shadow of I'm right because this is my personal truth. And there's the Aquarian shadow of disassociation um, because you don't think the way that I do and you just don't see it the way that I do. So therefore the rest of you are all stupid um, that I've definitely experienced come through with Aquarians. Um, it, Cause they're so, 
like, well, I'm unique and I'm weird and I don't belong with the rest of you. And so this is the thing. And they've lost track of the fact that you belong because you're unique. It's, it's our uniqueness that creates our connections. It's not all of us being the same that creates connections. It's, it's our uniqueness that actually creates community. Because if we, like, does any community ever work if everyone is a farmer? Or if everyone is a plumber? No, everybody needs to bring their own thread and their own gift. And it feels like my experience with so many Aquarians has been, well, I just want everybody to be like me because that's easier for them than recognizing that their uniqueness is what serves their belonging when they can move with their uniqueness from their Leo heart energy. Great. I'm glad you can bring that in. Cause actually I was talking about this too. <laughs> like, I don't know that many other Aquarians and apparently it's one of the, um, times in the year where it's, there's less, if you look at like when people are born, apparently I just saw there was like a couple articles that, so I don't know how, like I didn't do the research on this, but, um, yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was like, hmm, I don't know that many Aquarians. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, thanks for bringing in. Cause sometimes, you know, too, like when, um, you, you, you can see things better about other people than you can about yourself. <laughs> You're my favorite Aquarian like hands down. And it is because you're so heart connected and you're so different from so many of the Aquarians I know. I'm glad you could bring in a full picture because, you know, it's all of it. And that's, it's all of it that, yeah, that with all of the signs, right. It's like, mm -hmm. there's, and nothing's, you know, there's no good or bad. It's just no. the evolution through each of the signs. And right. And when we hold all of these archetypes, we talked about how we hold all of it. Mm -hmm. um, we can feel into for ourselves, how we can hold a thread of that, right? Like everyone can hold a thread of that, of being detached and being yeah. disconnected and not connected to the heart. And so, right, Aquarians just can emphasize it in a greater way. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you know other Aquarians because I'm like, I was thinking about that. I was like, huh, I don't know that many. So it's kind of funny. And how do you bring in your own genius, like your own unique genius without tromping or disassociating like your unique genius Aquarians is needed to to help build new structures to help build a, a newer higher more intergalactic citizenry ship yeah. is that even a word citizenry ship what? I just added a lot of suffixes <laughs> there didn't I <laughs> and giving others permission like when you are fully in your uniqueness when you are fully just you know doing your own thing you give other people permission like they see you and they're like oh like wow like they're totally being like right like you're in a spinning on its side like oh it gives others permission to also embrace their uniqueness and to embrace their um you know like weirdness is great yeah yeah weirdness is a is just a supernatural type of magic Mm -hmm. yeah so it's weird because of cultural like it yeah. wouldn't be weird if culture didn't have a like little box so that's why yeah Aquarius is like I'm gonna break out of the box and you mm -hmm. know be able to 
show myself. I have to first go through it for myself to be able to yep. accept that and be okay with that. And then show others that, yeah, we all need everybody's unique thread, right? However that looks. Mm -hmm. And that is very much needed and very much how, like why we're all here and why we're all different. And we're just all trying to live in a, you know, a culture that is a little bit more of a box than a, you know, we don't need the box. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't, we don't need a box. And, you know, so while I've been telling everyone to drink a lot of water, I'm going to tell the Aquarians to plant your butt on the ground and plug into the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. See, they got a different, they got a different thing <laughs> We love you, Aquarius. We need you. Come love play it. with the rest of us. <laughs> Love it. Love Aquarius. Okay. Should we move on to Pisces? Oh, Pisces. Bring it. Last sign of the Zodiac. <sighs> oh, Pisces. It is our mutable water. Um, yeah, it has this very almost like, I almost see it as like mist rather than even just like, like water that you can feel or touch. It's or, vapor. Right? It's, it's like misty vapor. It's very creative and very, um, yeah, like just intangible. It's symbol, um, it's a two fish moving in opposite directions. And its rulers are Jupiter. So Jupiter comes back around. We had Jupiter ruling Sagittarius. Now Jupiter in Pisces to me is like that just expansive oneness of just like everything. And Neptune is the modern ruler. And Neptune definitely, Neptune and Pisces are just, again, like one and the same to me, uh -huh. where there is this, um, there's also this like spiritual connection, I feel like with Neptune and Pisces of this connection to like the unseen world, where I feel like a lot of creativity, right? You feel into like people who are creative and they say like, oh, like, you know, the muse and the, right, like these inspiration, well, where does that come from? It comes from this unseen world. And so there's definitely this dreamlike quality, this um, creative kind of moving between the world's energy. Absolutely. Um, the, it is very, very vapory. Because um, our, our water signs are part of the water cycle. And this is the vapor part of the water cycle. <laughs> this is where the water evaporates. Um, and this is that ultimate truth space, because when you, when you think about water vaporizing, it is, it's, there's an uncontained, right? It's, it's everywhere. Um, and so here is, here is the ultimate truth. Pisces holds the ultimate truth versus Sagittarius's personal truth. And it doesn't mean that Pisceans have the ultimate truth. <laughs> It's, this is where we find, this is where we lean in to, to finding that. Like, what do we stand on this? Pisces is our feet. What do we stand on? And when you think about the feet, um, they're very, um, they, they need to have a certain level of flexibility to be able to work with what they're stepping on. And they need to act as a lever to move us to, to, to walk. So Pisces is these two fish going in separate directions. There's a duality to it. And Pisces in its shadow is that duality. It's the split of religion and spirituality. It's, it's the split. It's the duality. 
Um, and the feet have this interesting dual nature of having to be really very um, soft and mobile to be able to move, you know, granted most of us live in houses and wear shoes whenever we're barefoot outside, which has really dramatically weakened our feet. We have all these beautiful little intrinsic feet muscles and we're going to reel me back from my little tangent. And um, the foot, if it's not rigid enough, it can't work as a lever to move us. So Pisces is like, what are, what are your ultimate, what are the ultimate truths that you stand on? Um, Pisces is also our lymphatic system. Um, and our lymphatic system is, is our body's ocean. It's all of our, it's, it's all of our fluid. It's, you know, our interstitial fluid moves through there. Our lymph nodes collect the stuff that doesn't work. In theory, when everything's working right, it drains and moves back into the blood system where the kidneys and the liver, you know, remove the, the debris, the lymph, the detriment, and then we eliminate it from our body. But this is our, this is our body's um, distillation system. It's the alchemy of our body. Um, our lymph system. So it's really, um, it's a really important thing because our lymph system is really needed to keep our, our body ocean clean. And Pisces is this like lack of boundaries. It's the vapor, it's the water that's everywhere. I tangent yeah, it really again, didn't I? <laughs> No, it's perfect because I feel like it's definitely like tuning into all of that, like that listening to your body, listening to, right? Because I think Pisces has a really beautiful um, ability to, like, it has this deep intuitive knowing, but we've been so conditioned to live in a 3D physical world where, you know, all of that isn't so important. And it's like, no, it really is. And so I think, you know, when you can bring in that Pisces energy of like deeply listening and deeply being in that intuitive place, because yeah, things aren't running smoothly when we're not paying attention to them, right? Like just like with our, if you think about like the lymphatic system as like a drainage system, if you're not listening when your sink's getting clogged and you're not doing anything about it, like it's just going to get worse, right? Like we have to keep up and we have to listen to things. And so I think with that, um, what's coming is like being able to tune into the intuition and like embrace that as a really important and um, huge part of how we function. And that's, you know, been kind of conditioned out of us to just be in the physical, be in the 3D and the Western particularly, you know, way of dealing with um, the body is to wait until symptoms are really bad. And then we go to the doctor and we get prescribed mm -hmm. something generally, or right. Or we get surgery and it's like the tuning into things before that. And that intuition of Pisces. And also the other piece I feel is really important is the creativity of Pisces. Like when Pisces isn't connected into it's having a creative outlet, it can feel really squashed like in the physical because mm -hmm. Pisces is such this like beautiful creative energy whether it's music or dance or art or right like art and however that looks like whatever your passion is it has this really beautiful way of connecting into like 
some other type of like inspiration that it can bring in. And so when it's not connected to its creativity, um, again, what, however that looks, however that creative, you know, energy wants to flow, um, Pisces can feel a little stuck and stagnant because mm -hmm. it's mutable water. Like it wants to move. It wants to create, it wants to just be in its flowing. And I feel like our world is so not in line, mm -hmm. um, with that Piscean energy. And so I think Pisces sometimes can have a hard time in, the 3D reality and the physical reality. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's giving yourself permission again to be in that creative space, to just be in that space where it's like, okay, I don't have to, like, I can just give myself this time um, where I don't have to just be looking at a clock and following linear time. Like I can just kind of go out, be in that dreaming space and just create, like that is very important for Pisces. Um, mm -hmm. Also very connected to like the dream world, right? And so I think as a Pisces, if you can give yourself that space to just like allow yourself to get out of lin linear time and to just like, you know, mm -hmm. and you can set an alarm if you need to have the structure, but to allow yourself a space, whether it's, you know, an hour or however much time you can give yourself to just explore and be in that um, very creative, imaginatory, dreamlike space, that that will fill you, that that will help to fuel you and then you can move through because we all have to live in the 3d we all have to live mm -hmm. in the physical but what you're able to bring through um will help you move through um yeah and this this can be a pisces can be a place of our addictions is is the shadow side of pisces this is this is the place where we move into our addictions and whether it's our an addiction to alcohol because we Pisces has a desire to merge, to, to be one, to dissolve into spirit, to surrender and be consumed by the divine. Um, and so there can, this being, you know, if you're drunk on spirit, you've been drinking a lot of alcohol. There's, there were column spirits for a reason. Um, so this can be a place of our um, addictions to try to escape our, you know, low self-esteem to escape the feeling that we're lost to escape the feeling we're not plugged in to try to shift this idea that like addictions are escapes hi my name is amy i'm a book addict don't let me in a bookstore um <laughs> and, and you know i use books as they can be a way to escape. Yes. Books are beautiful. And of the addictions, really a book addiction is pretty damn harmless. Um, and we have a lot of different addictions that keep us out of our own imagination and our own dreaming, whether it's a substance, whether it's some kind of shopping or buying, whether it's needing to have a, a sound or a noise on all the time. So we don't need to be with our thoughts and our heads. Um, it keeps us from our dreaming. And Pisces is really about, about that. Uh, what is our ability to dream? Yeah. And that piece with the um, addiction of, you know, are you using it to numb out mm -hmm. and to escape? Or are you using those tools? Because, right, like we all, like they can bring inspiration. Books can bring inspiration. Like being mm -hmm. 
certain things um, actually are a good thing because they can, right, depending on how we're using them. And even we all need to escape a little bit, right? So like mm -hmm. we all need a break. We all need to escape and however we want to is okay. It's just being able to look at it of, are you doing that all the time? Are you just escaping? And are mm -hmm. you using, whether it's a substance or, um, you know, even TV or yep. whatever it is to escape or are you, and you can do that in, in small doses is okay. If I need a break and I just need to like, at a know, timer, turn off for a bit, but you can kind of feel into like at the end of it, like, do I feel better or do I feel like I'm just numbing out? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, that's a piece definitely of that Piscean energy of that. Um, yeah. Using things to numb out. And I think, again, when you are in that place of being able to tune in and to fill your cup and to fill yourself with um, all of these things that bring your, that kind of turn your creative nature back on, um, that's when you know you're headed in the right direction, when you can like tap into that creative energy and you can tap into um, the things that fill you because numbing out never fills you, mm -hmm. right? It always leaves you feeling less, <laughs> um, so you, you, you'll know, you'll know, you know, which way you're going. And again, just like how we were talking about, we have all the archetypes, we all have a thread of this. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I feel like the, you know, really beautiful, um, you know, aspect of Pisces is that ability to tap in to the creative. I think Pisces, Pisces is such a creative and um, yeah, really like poetic um, sign. And meditation is something that, is going to be really supportive and really helpful for everyone's Pisces energy meditation, um, you know, can be an access to our imagination, whether it's shamanic journey, whether it's a movie meditation, whether you're out running or swimming, um, whether you're sitting in stillness, find what works for you. And what can really open up your system, the wholeness of you to the wholeness of the universe and, and see what comes in because everyone has a different door. So it's finding your door and what works for you. Yeah. And meditation is a much better tool than TV or, you know, mm -hmm. some of those things. Which again, all of it's okay, yeah. but I think that's a really important piece of like tuning into um, yourself in that way and that connection to, you know, the unseen world in whatever way you can um, will really fill you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yay. Love it. Any last pieces on Pisces? Hey. <sighs> No, we, we love all of you. And as we've kept saying, like everyone carries every one of these energies. It's just about how it balances out in your chart. Yeah. I feel like that grounding piece with Aquarius is coming back for Pisces of mm -hmm. it's really important to, you know, again, like that dual nature, the two fish of like giving yourself the space to dream mm -hmm. and also giving yourself space to ground and be present and mm -hmm. be here which again I think you know meditation is beautiful for that because it can yeah. bring you know you, you have to be pretty present to meditate <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and we all want to be in flow 
and recognizing when the excuse of, oh, well, I'm just in flow is an excuse rather than a reality. It's an escape mechanism. It's a, well, I don't have to have boundaries. I don't have to commit. I, I don't have to show up because I'm in flow. Like there's like so much of Pisces really, so much of all of this is discernment is really cleaning up and being honest with ourselves and finding our sovereignty and keeping in mind that all of these signs from Aries through Pisces, from birth of Aries to death in Pisces, uh, this is a cycle. This is all cyclic in it and it's growth. It's why, you know, Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac is the start of, of the Zodiac year. It's, you know, it doesn't happen in January when the calendar shifts, it happens in Aries when things are reborn. Cause you know, here's the head of the baby coming out. Here's the start of things. We have to know thyself so we can, you know, Aries. So we can know other in Libra. We have to know what our day-to-day and and the mundane is, Virgo, so that we can know the wholeness of of everything Pisces. All of this is a a journey and a cycle. And we have this beautiful opportunity to consistently be walking it and, and moving ourselves into greater discernment and moving ourselves into greater alignment and, and really plugging into that divine heart energy. Yeah. Love it. So keep creating Pisces, keep, you know, keep doing what you do, give yourself space and find your muse. Like, yeah, just don't forget about the importance of, yeah, your creativity. Fabulous. Well, stay tuned for more Astrology 101. Um, Another invitation to join us on Patreon. Those are kind of our deep dive. Um, And like us, share us with your friends, subscribe to our channels, all the things. Leave us reviews, leave us stars. We love you, Ruta Cosmic Wisdom listeners. Thank you. This is Amy, and I just want to thank you for joining us today on our meanderings and our wonderings. If you're enjoying our podcast, leave us five stars. We would love that. And if you'd like to reach out to either of us, both of our websites are listed in the show notes. So enjoy, and until next time.